Which injection is more risky for your patients? A vertical injection crossing at right angle to the vermilion border or a horizontal injection in parallel with that structure? This issue divides our industry. In fact, I've discovered there are famous injectors on both sides of this argument, and my audience on Facebook and Instagram are also divided down the middle about which one is safer. So how do we make sense of this? It all boils down to understanding some really detailed anatomy about the lip. And that's what we're discussing today in the Aesthetics Mastery Show. Before we dive in, let us know if you love this kind of anatomy stuff by dropping a like on this video and then we'll do even more. So why this topic? Well, there's an interesting backstory which happened a couple of weeks ago when Dr. Harris messaged me about one of the videos which I released a long time ago where I state that I believe a vertical injection might be less likely to cause a VO than a horizontal injection. Now, Dr. Harris disagrees with this perspective and he sent me some an interesting paper to back up that point of view. Then I surveyed my audience and found that the audience is actually split as well. It's actually slightly in the favor of it being more risky to do a vertical injection, 55% to 45% on my Instagram stories. And then Facebook, interestingly, was 51-49%. So I think that shows a lack of consensus. So there's a bit of confusion in the sector about this. And I thought, what can I do to help here? Because the real thing that's going on here is it's the mental model of both the injection and the anatomy that we need to make clear. Before we dive into that, I need to be clear about mental models. I know it's slightly jargony, but all that it is, is the 3D image in your head that you create that helps you make decisions when you're injecting. So I'm always starting from the perspective that I don't know very much and there's lots to learn. All of our mental models are low resolution, oversimplified, circumstantial, or possibly just completely wrong. And that includes my mental models and I'm continuously trying to be less wrong. So what I'd like to do today for you guys is try and explain in detail what my mental model of the lips is so that you can incorporate that into your mental model and hopefully become a better and safer injector. I'm not actually trying to change anyone's injection technique. That's very important. In fact, there are a number of things that before I go into this that I want you to know this video is not. I'm not supporting those extreme treatments. Like you may have an idea in your head that a vertical injection is associated with those crazy devil lips or with uh, those over-treated lips. Now, that is not, not what I'm interested in at all in this particular video. I'm also not comparing treatment plans. So if you're picturing a vertical injection and then multiplying 50 injections across the whole lip and thinking that I'm saying 50 injections is safer than one horizontal injections, I'm not. This is really trying to purify down to its essence angle of injection and anatomy. This is really about understanding the three-dimensional anatomy of the lips so that you can use that in any technique using the trigger of this particular debate, vertical versus horizontal. Every intervention is a balance between benefit and harms and every point of injection will vary in risk. Really what a good injector does is we're trying to balance those all the time. There are many reasons why you might choose to do a vertical or a horizontal injection to achieve a specific aesthetic outcome that you simply cannot do with another type of injection. And even if it is slightly risky in theory, might be the best thing for the patient. So I also don't want any patients watching this to think that if I say that one injection is probably technically less likely to cause an issue, that that means you need to do that injection for all your, all your procedures. It's simply not true. There are many variables we're trying to control. We've got the aesthetic, the psychology, the individual preference in terms of pain and discomfort, 
all of those things need to be built into your treatment plans. It's not simply about avoiding vascular occlusion. That's only one of the outcomes we are trying to uh, get by without causing. This video is simply a comparison of two different angles of entries, and I'm trying to minimize differences in every other category. So same entry point, same depth, same volume, same product, and one single injection. And the question is, which one is more likely to cause a vascular occlusion? So how do we tackle this? I see this divided into two factors and really one governing principle. Factor one is what is the likely anatomy of the labial artery in the average patient? And factor two is what is the precise nature of the injections we are comparing? We need to be very precise with this. The core principle here is that the riskiest injection is likely to be the one where the injecting needle is likely to deposit the most amount of product nearest the likely position of the artery. Now, the reason I'm saying likely quite a lot is because this is all probabilistic. We don't know in the average patient where the artery is. We know where it's, where it's likely to be considering the average anatomy. And there is variation on either side. And in fact, I remember a, a patient I met in my hospital days who had their radial artery on the back of their wrist. This is a, a very unusual variation. It really should be on the inside of your wrist to keep it safe from injury. But you do get these strange anomalies. But I'm not really talking about where it could be. I'm trying to think about where it's likely to be in every in every situation. And you can think about the artery a little bit like having, it's a bit like clouds of electrons. I remember learning in physics that there's a, a, a probability cloud of where an electron will be in a nucleus. It's just like that with artery. There's a probability cloud. And we're trying to think about where the probability is and then inject according to that. Now, there are lots of ways you can minimize that probability by examining, maybe using an ultrasound. But for the average injector, it's about where it's likely to be. So where is the likely position of the superior labial artery? Now, the artery usually runs above or within the vermilion border. The papers that I've reviewed have described it routinely in the vermilion border or slightly above. It's usually also beneath orbicularis aurus, sometimes within orbicularis aurus, and occasionally on top of orbicularis aurus. In fact, the ratios are about 60% of the time beneath orbicularis aurus, about 35% within orbicularis aurus and 5% above. And that could actually even be in the same patient because it probably wiggles around a little bit on occasions. Uh, and of course, there are anomalous versions of this artery. In fact, when I was discussing this with Julie Horn recently, she's kindly shared an amazing video of a, an artery pulsating near the wet-dry border. Now, I've looked into this, and actually this is a known anomaly. Back in the 70s, people had discovered this, and it's called a caliber-persistent artery. It's essentially an anomaly at around 2 to 3%. And, and Julie actually said to me she thinks around 2 in 50 patients, and when I looked into the data, I found 3% of people actually have this anomaly. So this is interesting, but it is an anomaly. The normal position of the artery, I don't believe, is at the wet-dry border. Um, but it can be, and this is the what we all face as each time we inject. There are variations, but we're once again talking about the average position of the artery. So look now at this cross-section of a lip. This is the most important bit of anatomy that you will see. This is a histological specimen cut directly long ways across the lip, and you can see where the artery tends to lie. We have the muscle that runs down the middle of the lip, Anterior to that, a little bit of hypodermic fats and then the dermis. And on the other side, you have underneath the, mu the muscle is where the artery usually is. As we've said, it's not always at that exact point, but it's usually just inferior to orbicularis aurus. Now, if you picture where your injection is, it's on that anterior surface in most cases. Whether you're horizontal or vertical, it's, it's in, it should be on the anterior aspect of the lip. 
So now we need to think about the technique that we're comparing. Now, once again, remember, I'm comparing like for like in as many different ways as I can keep things consistent. Both entry points are on the same. That's in the pink part of lip. This is very important because I think there's a technique which is sometimes thrown into the mix, which confuses the horizontal versus vertical. So I'm picturing entering on the pink side of the lip in both instances at exactly the same point, because if you change the entry point, everything changes. Um, there is a brutal technique where people used to go through the, the white lip multiple times, right through where the artery is. And I think this is behind why a lot of people really don't like vertical injections. But it's actually not the way many injectors are injecting these days. I know, having confirmed this with Julie Horn, that her technique, as most of the ones I've seen in recent times, are through the pink part of the lip, which does change things completely in my mind. So when I picture a vertical injection, this is the vision in my head. We're entering the pink lip. We're skirting superficially. It is a superficial injection. We're avoiding the deeper part of the lip envelope because we're trying to rotate the lip up slightly for most of those injections. And we're progressively moving away from the most likely position of the artery. If you consider the most likely position is just behind orbicularis oris, we would start out parallel with it and the needle as it goes deeper in should be moving slightly further away. Now, horizontal injections are the same but we'd be running right over and adjacent to the artery. And we'd be staying in that plane the entire journey of the needle. So there's more time spent close to the needle. And if you're superficial, you should still be away from it, but it's technically more likely with an anomalous type of anatomy to clip a little loop of that artery. That, that's, what I, that's what I'm picturing in my mind. Now, with, this is the issue with normal variation in a young client, I cannot see how a horizontal injection would be less likely to catch the artery than a vertical injection because most of the time we'd be away from it. But there are some exceptions which I've been considering and I will come to later. So here's a little thought experiment to make it even clearer in your mind about what is more likely to cannulate the artery. If instead of avoiding cannulating the artery, we were to actually purposely try and cannulate the artery, how would you do it? I know how I would do it. I would enter parallel with the artery because we know the artery runs from lateral to medial it's coming off the facial artery across the top of the lip that's the angle my needle would enter and then i would also be deep underneath orbicularis oris and i would poke around parallel to the artery until i got a flashback and i i think you'd eventually get it if you did it that way i don't think it would make any sense to enter vertically because that would decrease the chance that you're going to get the needle into the into the actual lumen and this is certainly how i understand it at the moment there would still be a chance that you could do it, but it doesn't make sense to me that it would be higher than being parallel with it. But here's the bit that changed for me when I was looking into all of this. So it's always a good idea when testing your mental model to ask, are there circumstances where it might not apply in the way that I'm picturing it? And this is where it's really started to help me because I was thinking about some of the studies that we have, cadaver studies in particular, and think about how lips change over time. So Older people tend to have much smaller lips. In fact, it's one of the reasons why people have their lips done is because with age, they will involute and you can almost lose your lip entirely as you get atrophy of the, the vermilion part of the lip. Now, this changes everything because if you picture trying to do a vertical injection on someone with very small lips or with atrophied lips, you are naturally heading towards the space in the retroorbicularis oris. And that's where the artery is. So... There are actually circumstances where if you apply vertical, that you're actually going to be getting closer to the artery in some people. Now, I don't think 
it's the obvious injection to do in those cases. For me, that's not how I would inject that type of lip. But remember, this isn't about how I inject. It's about understanding the anatomy in different circumstances. So my mental lip model has been improved by thinking about this because I've realized that if you treat someone with very small lips, you are necessarily forced to aim closer to the space where the artery is. And the smaller and the more involuted, the more risky that would be. So this means there are certain circumstances where the claim that the vertical injection is more risky might actually be true. Now, it's not actually a time when I think you will actually intuitively use that style of injection. I'm sure there are some people out there who would. But mostly when you see these vertical injections, they are actually on already slightly fuller lips, trying to get a little bit of elevation. Um, not so much for restoration. Now, I'm sure some people do, but that's not when I would use it. But I do believe that's a circumstance where a vertical injection might be riskier. So that's very useful because now I have an additional level of nuance and understanding to my anatomy because the anatomy changes and the risk profile of different injections might change as volume is lost. I actually think this is true all over the face because if you think about it, arteries will take up a relatively bigger percentage of the space in the face as volume decreases because I don't think your artery shrinks as much as your fat pads. So it's an interesting way of thinking about risk. And that's the thing I've got most out of this exercise is realizing that in certain circumstances, the risk profile might be different for the same injection. So what do you think? Has that improved your mental model at all? Have I got it in a way that contradicts your mental model? I'd love to hear in the comments down below, but most of all, I'd love to hear, are you a horizontal injector or a vertical injector? Let us know in the comments down below. Next week, I'll be doing a deep dive into the very interesting paper that Dr. Harris sent me to see what else we can learn from these studies, some of the limitations and some of the things we can take from these small studies that we have in medical aesthetics. It should be a good one. Join us then. Mm -hmm.